Second and goal, six-yard line. Lance in the gun. Debo to his side. Ross Dwelly goes in motion. Hand off to Debo coming wide. Right trying to turn the corner. Oh! Touchdown! <laughs> San Francisco oh, oh as Debo goodness. just ran over a man on the goal line. Oh, Touchdown! <laughs> San Fran Seabed. Have you seen a commercial with Morgan Freeman narrating for the Tom Brady Under Armour commercial? It focuses on this young kid in high school, and Morgan Freeman does this narration of Tom Brady writing a letter to this kid, and he goes, A lot of people are telling me that you're the next Tom Brady. My advice to you is, you're the next you. What I would say to everybody who's comparing Trey Lance to Josh Allen to Patrick Mahomes, let Trey Lance be Trey Lance. We'll see how he's going to be. Very professionally done. Well done. I try. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Everyone these days has an opinion. Butthole or podcast. And all of them stink. Except for this one. Welcome to Just Your Opinion, Man, with Stephen Langford and Derek Papa. Stephen! I may have underestimated Scott Hansen's broadcast for Red Zone. Why? What makes you say that? It's very good. It's very good in how they go from game to game very quickly. Huh. I would say it's a little. It's done a little better than uh, Siciliano's broadcast. But as far as the men themselves, I'll always take Siciliano's big ears over Scott Hansen. That's fair enough. But Scott Hansen, oh, just in his bag, week one, witching hour. My goodness, what a time! Yeah, what well, what the hell is that thing? The witching hour. It's the final hour when everyone's in like the final. Uh, in like the back end of their game, like the final five minutes of their game. And they call it the witching hour because there's just so much going on. I don't know why the witching hour is the name specifically for it, but it's due to the ending of the morning slate of games or afternoon, depending on where you're viewing this podcast from. Well, uh, let me just say that despite the fact that I could not hang out with everybody on Sunday, I had a blast watching all the games, and for the first time in three years, I was able to watch close games and not have to get massive amounts of anxiety cutting highlights. It was beautiful, loved it, just everything about the games, crazy games, not a lot, of, not a whole lot of offense, but we'll get all to it today on Just Your Opinion Man, Stephen Langford, Derek Papa. Stephen, just overall, what would you think of week one football? I mean, it's football's back, man. What else? I mean, I don't, I don't really know what else I'm supposed to think in in regards to it. I mean, you had everything. You so know? you're just happy. You, you're yeah. you're going to be. You're not going to complain about stinker games or bad matchups anymore. You're just happy, right? Well, I'm I'm happy now. Uh, just you know, give me till give me till week ten when we actually know what these teams are made of. Like right now, I don't. You know, maybe the only team that's uh, playing to their potential, at least the bad teams, maybe the Jets. You know, like, I don't expect the Giants to do what they did again. I don't know if Brian did. I don't know, man. I don't you know. know. What What do you mean you don't know? I, I, I Joe Fordenbrough brought it up, and I wasn't ready to go full on board with the Giants, but I do like that hire a lot. I'm not a huge Daniel Jones guy. That's why I'm hesitant. But yeah. I like the way they, they handled that first game. Well, give it some time. It it, it it was a great game. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they, you know, Saquon Barkley, I think he just earned offensive player of the week honors to this week. Like, yeah, he, he was out of his world. He really was. Um, Justin Jefferson was robbed. Uh, well, it, wasn't it the NFC? 
Justin oh, Jefferson's in the NFC. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, you make a you make a good point. He probably was. Yeah. Well, one half of football can't make up for an entire game. That was a good half by Justin yeah. Jefferson. Not a great second half. Oh, though. yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, sir. Well, first off, what you know, you started your new job at KCBS. How's it been the last two days? Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, just getting training, getting acclimated. It's not much to write home about, although love the people there. Love the newsroom. Feels very professional, though. And yeah, you've seen our guy, uh, Mr. Saragosa? Not yet. Not yet? Not no. yet. Yeah, haven't seen him. All right, then. Well, let's get... Re- I was just making small talk, seeing how things are going. I don't know. There I just want to see your new new job is. Oh, thanks, man. As if, you know, we just didn't have like a little... Couple hey, and anybody else is listening to this thing doesn't need to know. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's 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 a reality. Like, what do you think? We just don't talk to each other. Just as soon as like the first words that you say to me is Steven, do you like mozzarella sticks? You know, something like that. Oh, that's a good question. I'll write that down for next week's episode. Attaboy. Do you like mozzarella sticks? All right. Speaking of which, yes, let's uh, let's just get to it, my friend. Windsor Wings. We did a whole new thing this year. We're picking not only the winners and losers, but we're picking the spreads and the over-unders. And I didn't know how I was going to do because, to be, to, perfectly, to be perfectly honest with you, mm. I am not really a gambler. But I tried my best, and so did you. And from what I've tallied, I did every single point total. So if you got the team right, point. If you got the spread right, point. If you got the over-under right, point. And... In my math, I found out that I won 21 to 17. It was close, my friend. We are a little constrained today because while I'm still home with COVID, I still got to listen to Tolbert and Copes coming up. So I didn't make you go out and get wings today. So you do got to eat wings from, uh, was it Fire? Fire Wings? Yeah. Or we could do the glizzy straw. We got to do that come Sunday morning for just your pregame show, man. Yeah, I'm not going to be drinking a beer that early in the morning, so I'll elect no, to do you, the hot come wings. On. It's terrible timing, Derek. What, what do you mean? Come on, it's 8 in the morning. You're not you drinking you at 10 a.m. when the, the game starts? You did not think about this before we started the pregame thing. It's just like, oh, we'll do a pregame show. Oh, you know what? We'll do the punishment that morning. It's 8 in the morning. No one in their right mind is going to do that at 8 I in the was gl- If I didn't have COVID, sir, I was gladly going to do the glizzy straws coming at o'clock in the morning. Well, because you said it was going to be a good... You were excited to have the glizzy straw. I'm surprised that you didn't even lose on purpose. Just so you could have the glizzy straw. I may just do it out of solidarity with you. How about that? <laughs> We're actually calling it the glizzy straw, too. The yeah, hot actually, dog I, straw. I, I hate that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so we, we will do your punishment come uh, Sunday morning. But uh, you did lose again, yeah. as, right. as you are wont to do. All right, sir. Let's get right to it. Two teams that we cover the most on this podcast lost. Uh it was a change from a year ago when both of them went one and zero. Both went two and zero last year, actually. But let's get right to it. Raiders and Chargers. Uh, we always start with Raiders on this uh, this fine program. And let me just say that even in the defeat, twenty four to nineteen, to the very talented Los Angeles Chargers, I am not discouraged at all by what I saw from the Las Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr, two hundred ninety five yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions, five sacks. Yes, he did not have his best game, but he wasn't terrible either. He had made some fine throws. Look at you rolling your eyes already. He was also, terrible. You, you forgot to mention that he fumbled the ball twice in the final two possessions of the game. Okay. Well, let me, let me get to my big point here. If you're going to trade away Khalil Mack, you got to learn how to block him 
The biggest problem with this team, and we said it from the get-go, was the offensive line. And I guess they're trying to find reinforcements already. They brought in our old friend Kalecio Semele in this week. Don't know if he's going to sign with the team or go to the practice squad, but they need help. They need help on that offensive line. It is a massive, massive problem, but I think I, guess, I think they can overcome it. So let me just get to everything in the game first off. Okay. So Carr didn't have his best game. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's the first game in the new offense and everything. I remember Derek Carr, first game with John Gruden, three interceptions to the Rams. They got their ass kicked on Monday night. So there were some bad throws, definitely. He missed Aaron Waller in the end zone on that first drive. Got to make that play. He had bad throws to Devontae on that interception where Devontae put his hand up and said he was open, threw that ball way too late. He threw a bad ball to Darren Waller that was in the middle of the end zone that needs to go over the linebacker. Instead, Tranquil picks it off. Listen, I know there's going to be some hiccups here or there with Derek Carr, but I'm not discouraged at all. I still think he made a lot of good throws. Despite the turnovers and the sacks, it was a five-point game in the end. So I just think that they need it. And let's be honest here. The Chargers may be the most talented team in all football. I think they're right there with the Bills as far as teams that have equal parts, good offense and defense. I don't think there's really a weakness on that team besides maybe their coach when we question if he's going to go for it on fourth down. They have a lot of talent. And yes, so what was it in total? Five sacks? Khalil Mack with three. uh, Joey Bosa, one and a half. Derwin James with one. Other guys had some. They got issues. Raiders on that offensive line. But I will say this, Devontae Adams is as advertised. 10 catches, 141 yards, that one touchdown. He kept them in the game. That one route he ran against Asante Samuel Jr., beautiful. Mm -hmm. As you would say a couple weeks ago, pornography. It was fantastic. He is going to make this team explosive. They just need time to gel a little bit. The key to the game, in my opinion, was Derek Carr's safety net. Hunter Renfro was taken out of the game completely by Brian Callahan, the nickel cornerback. He has been a probably arguably one of the best nickels in this league for a long time, whether it was with the Denver Broncos or the Chicago Bears with Brandon Staley. He is a shutdown corner, and he took Hunter Renfro completely out of the game. I think he had like three catches for 40-something yards. Whatever it was, that was the key to the game. So am I discouraged at all? No. I think that the Raiders need to come back and handle their business against the Arizona Cardinals this week. But... It was a tough game. Uh, you know, Josh McDaniels, new head coach on that team. They got to figure out their offensive line a little bit better. Maybe it's a little bit more of quick passes. Um, but yeah, I mean, the obvious, Khalil Mack, you, you had this guy on your team and then you trade him away. And I know I'm being a dead horse every time I bring this up, but the guy's unstoppable. And anybody thinks that, oh, he's not the same old guy. He is the same guy. He's just, he's got, eh? eh? Not before this game. Before this game, like, you know, I could understand people saying he's not the same guy. Like, this was his one of his best games that he's had ever since getting traded from the Raiders. This was a fantastic game by him. It's not like he does, it's not act like he does this every single game. Um, and I guarantee well, you, Daniels well, were coaching that team. Hey, let me talk. You just went on for six minutes. Let me talk. So, I'm sorry, <laughs> Khalil Mack. Khalil you call Mack. me Greg here? <laughs> what? No, what? I'm Greg. So, uh, Khalil Mack. It was a great game, but Derek Carr needs to know his best friend is going to be there and he needs to learn how to escape the pocket too much. He was just sticking in there. He held the ball on for too long. I agree with you. The taking away of Hunter Renfro and everything. Totally understand that. 
Um, and they do need to make some additions at offensive line, but also, I mean, the guy that he had that final sack against was Colton Miller, who's supposed to be one of the best tackles in football. It wasn't like he was going up against Illuminor or uh, Thayer Munson or Munford. I can't remember. Is it Munford or Munson? But anyway. Munford I always, sounds. Yeah. Okay, there it is. It's Munford I will sense. block for you. <laughs> but um, it was it was kind of all around the issue, and it was really in the first half. Like, the, the second half, the defense was stout. Justin Herbert was awesome. Like, the defense couldn't figure him out on play action. And that to me was the game changer um, in the first half. Like Justin Herbert was completing in any pass that he wanted. And I think they had 16 different uh, passes that were play action and he completed 13 of them. And he had like a 133 rating or something like that when he was on play action. So that to me was like the key to the game. But ultimately that first drive that you talk about, that's a big one. Like you, you got to score in that situation. You go all the way f- that far downfield 14 plays you can't just sit there settling for a field goal they should have had uh, uh it should have been better should have been should have scored i think they do know that um but yeah not the, the char- like that's what i'm kind of chalking it up to is the chargers are just a very very good team like they got talent everywhere and i think that the fact that the raiders are six point favorites right now over the cardinals i think that speaks to what they think about the chargers because i mean if you were to, you know, take that game, like the Raiders being a six point favorite over any team next week, like I wouldn't buy that. They did not look that great. So, you know, there's some positives to take away. But um, the ultimate thing is, though, is we've seen this from Carr. Like there's no one's ever saying that he's not he can't make the throws like he could definitely do it. But it's just when that pressure's on him, he gets jittery and, and it just kind of seems like he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. No, I hear you. And he forced a lot of throws that weren't great. I mean, yeah. he's got a. I'm not saying that Devontae Adams was frustrated with him at all, but like there, there were throws where Aaron Rodgers delivers delivers that ball a lot better. There was a corner one in the end zone that was a fade that Derek oh, yeah. just didn't put it way too much touch on. Yeah, they, you know, as as much as they are in sync with each other for being college teammates, they got to get back in the lab a little bit. And it's not so much on Devontae Adams. It's on Derek Carr. He's got to be more precise with the football. He's never thrown to a wide receiver like this in the regular season. He had he had Antonio Brown in preseason and training camp. He had Amari Cooper. He had Michael Crabtree. This guy is a whole just on a whole other level. So I think he'll be fine. I think that they'll go up against, you know, worse teams and you'll see a better offense. But to the main point, Steven, is that how do they rack up against the Chargers? And the whole AFC West right now. Because if if I was going to rank them after this weekend, I would go, the Chiefs looked amazing. Chargers right there, right there like a 1A or 1B, whatever you want to say. Raiders at three, and I would say the Broncos were just a complete, utter disappointment. And we'll get to them later. Yeah. But it may just be that the Raiders, well, we'll see how they play. I mean, they very well could be the best team in this conf- uh, in this division, but I didn't see it on Sunday. I think that the Chiefs and Chargers are another class. Chargers will get better, and that's the scary part, is that they have so much talent on this team. Like, any team with a good offensive line is going to have trouble against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. And the Raiders have a, at this point, I would say a subpar offensive line. So that's the biggest issue. they got to learn how to survive. I mean, we saw it all weekend, and even on Thursday night last week. The Rams had a hard time blocking the Bills. A lot of teams had a hard time blocking. 
it was just a weird offensive weekend, I would say. Like, not a lot of points scored. The highest scoring team were the Chiefs at 44 points. And then you had the Eagles at 35. And then the Detroit Lions at 35. Or Sorry, Eagles at 38. Lions at 35. And they played each other. So it was just a weird weekend. I don't think anybody was in really a lot of a, of a groove. As I mean, the Chiefs were hitting on all cylinders. Eagles looked very good. Bills looked very good. But only a handful of teams, I would say, looked really good week one. So, yeah. There's time to improve, and I think the Raiders will be just fine, but they got to clear up some holes in offensive line. Yeah, for sure, but if they can, you know, if they could carry over from that second half, if they can carry that into the first half and they get started, like the first two quarters, if those go differently, it's a it's a totally different ball game. Um, you know, the Devontae Adams thing, to your point with, with Carr and Adams, I think they'll they'll get that right eventually. The dude had 17 targets. I don't know if he's going to be getting 17 targets again, although... I'm on the side of, look, dude, you got Devontae Adams. He's your number one receiver. Like I said during the game, I'm like spread the ball around. But then the day after when I wake up, you know, you have a day to think about it and you kind of reflect on it. It's like it's Devontae Adams. If he's going one-on-one with the guy, we played the sound earlier from that Pivot podcast. Yeah, yeah I dare you to not throw to that guy if he's got a one-on-one situation with Asante Samuel Jr. Um, a, couple of, a couple of takeaways, though, um, from the preseason at least – or actually two, uh, two, one on offense, one on defense. Sorry, I'm tired. Uh, but on offense, actually, this, this counts for the team in general. Three penalties. Love that number. That mm-hmm. number was very, very low during the preseason, and I thought that was something that could carry over into the regular season. So I'm very encouraged by the three penalties. Like, that actually, that game could have been a lot worse had they been penalized. Like, they didn't do anything to really kick themselves at or, you know, shoot themselves in the foot, whatever that saying is. They didn't necessarily do any of that. Uh, number two is the way that they stopped Austin Eckler, 14 carries for 36 yards. That was huge in the game. Now, granted, looks like they were really focused on the run because of Justin Herbert and his success within the play action. Uh, but I do think there's something to build off of through this season. I didn't come away from it thinking, well, you know what? They're not going to have any chance against these teams within the AFC West because by the time that, you know, week 12, week 13 comes around, teams are just different. You know, it's a battle of attrition, as they say, through the season. So I'm not too concerned about it, but they do need to make some upgrades at the offensive line, no doubt. Yeah, as far as what you say with the Devontae Adams, I don't think they need to force the ball to him. I don't yeah. think they did. It was just the only guy that was getting open on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunter Renfro shut down for three catches, 21 yards. That's probably got to be a season low if you went back to last year. He right. always was getting open for Derek Carr. So if his safety blanket's not there, he's going to have limitations in on who to go to uh, as far as his weapons. Darren Waller had a fine game. The reason that the Green Bay Packers haven't been a successful team in the postseason is because they weren't able to find anybody but Devontae Adams. And I don't think Derek Carr is going to be fixated on him the whole time, but they have other guys on the team. I just think it was a bad matchup. They, the Chargers did a fantastic job going through the offseason and looking at what are our weaknesses? How do we get better? How do we lose that Week 18 game against the Raiders? And the right. big reason was Chris Harris Jr., former nickel for the Chargers, had, could not cover Hunter Renfro at all. Bryce Callahan can. So that will be a problem going forward. It may just be that the Chargers are better, and I think they are right now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, like, I, you know, I don't want to keep harping on it, but Khalil Mack, 
I know that you say he has a that's like the best game he's had since he was a Raider. I go back to that first year of the Chicago Bears. He was a dominant force week in and week out. Okay, well that was the beginning of 2019. Yeah, but the guy is still like even after like when he was lifting up Ryan Jensen with one fucking bicep and throwing him against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah, like, that was wild. Even though he like this is the first time he's had a multiple sack game in a long time, three sacks. Yeah. He's still amazing. And Couldn't he have gotten this out of his system when Gruden was a head coach, coach just so you could at least stick it to the guy who decided to trade you? Like, I know there was money that could have been put in escrow or should have been put in escrow, and they handled the finances, finances incorrectly. But excuse me if I'm a fan, and I think that, hey, if you have a guy like that, you should be able to pay him. Excuse exactly. me for thinking that they should have paid him. But I just wish he would have gotten this out of his system when Gruden is sitting there with like a smirk on his face trying to find a great pass rusher. He didn't really do that during Gruden's time. And for that, I'm mad. You talking about when the Bears played the Raiders? Yeah, he wasn't that effective. I think he had a sack in that game. But the last time that they played, when they played in London, I think they played twice, actually. They did. They played, uh, if you remember correctly, it was a great tweet by Joe Spadoni. It was last. It was Gruden's last game as a Raider. Oh, that's right. And yeah. if memory serves me, didn't he get the game-winning sack or something? Yes, he had like a two-point conversion sack. <laughs> and, then he, and, and then then Khalil Mack threw the O. Right you know, in, in in Vegas. Ah, what a time! It great time, and yeah, man. Like you, you can't let good players like that walk out the door. But that's when they're in Vegas now, because apparently they have more money and they can keep those players yeah. allegedly, uh, or supposedly, I should say. But I again, man. Okay, like so. How do you feel, man? Like you, you, you love this team. You're you're watching. You're invested. Uh-huh. Are you? What's your takeaway from that loss? Are you discouraged, or you think they'll be fine going forward? Uh, to be honest, I was a little discouraged. Um, I, I like I, it's a little bit of both because I thought the offense was going to click. I thought it was going to be, you know, I didn't think that the target rate was going to be, you know, Devontae Adams getting 17 and Darren Waller only getting six and Hunter Renfro getting six, but only catching three of them. Like I thought it was going to be more so like, all right, we're going to get Devontae maybe 13. We're going to give Renfro and Waller, a solid eight or nine. All right, you're going to get Adams. But he's still going to be the number one guy, but your two other receivers are going to get the ball a lot. Um, the only other thing that was discouraging was just what happened with Zamir White and not use, being used in the run game at all. Like, I, Clearly, McDaniels loves Brandon Bolden, and he had that touchdown, I understand, and it wasn't a terrible game for, for Bolden, uh, but with Josh Jacobs getting 10 carries and then Bolden only getting three. I, I don't know there. That was something I thought, well, that's a little odd. I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be a little different than that, but how it's week one, dude, I'm not going to, I'm not going to overreact, overreact to week week one and say, yeah, all right, this team's screwed. I just can't do that. Although it was a little discouraging with the offense. No, I, I I get that. You thought it would be a little bit better. Five sacks and the three turnovers. Not great. Yeah, but or more turnovers. I I should I I guess that just three interceptions from Derek Carr alone. I would say that you didn't see a lot of rookies play week one. Right. As far like you know like we, the hype around the Texans was Damian Pierce. He hardly got the ball. Yeah, I just think a lot of coaches weren't ready to play some rookies in week one. True. And we'll 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 see Zamir White and um, yeah. Anybody out there thought that Brandon Bolden was going to score the first touchdown for the Raiders this season? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the betting odds were on that, but that must have been a pretty penny if you got that one. And let me just say, it was a great pass from Derek Carr uh, right on uh, Kyle Van Noy, and uh, Brandon Bolden makes the play. But 
you know, I'm I like that Josh Jacobs got the carries. You know, I think he's going to be the bell cow going forward, and Zamir mm-hmm. White will spell him. But I think I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. It's just it's 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 week one. Josh McDaniels will, you know, get the offense going a little bit. They need to score more points. They need yep. to do better at pass protection. It's going to be tough. I will say this: I want a little more pass rush from the defense. Yeah, just on the Chargers side. Chargers are a fantastic team. Justin Herbert, amazing player. I have nothing really bad to say about him. He, what did he go? Two hundred seventy-nine yards, and three touchdowns. I mean, he looked. He he's one of the best quarterbacks in football right now. It was effortless to him. Um, yeah, I, I I just love the way he plays. Yeah, uh, his offense around him with Keenan Allen, who now has a hamstring injury. It's not good for my fantasy team. You mm-hmm. got Mike Williams. You also got DeAndre Carter making plays for him. Gerald Everett, the new tight end from Seattle a year ago. They got so many weapons. Their offensive line is fantastic. I would yep. like to see a little bit more from Chandler Jones in the first game. Yeah. Um, hopefully he gets revenge from his former team uh, next week against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Max Crosby with a great play on fourth and one, but I just want to see a little bit more from the pass rush. Uh, Nate Hobbs making great plays out there. Uh, I guess there was an injury to Anthony Everett, so or Averett. I don't know how you say his last name. Averett. Averett. Um, so they just signed Nikel Roby Coleman, who's coming in to play defensive back for the Raiders. I think they'll be fine. It. I think it was just a matter of the same thing with the Rams. You played a superior team, and that's going to be hard to swallow in your own division, but you played a really good team, and you just got to learn how to beat them as time goes on. But I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, but uh, the secondary I do think without Anthony Averett is uh, it's alarming what they're going to do with the nickel corner spot. I don't know if they're going to shift Nate Hobbs on the inside because uh, he's played more outside snaps than he played in the entirety last year. Like Nate Hobbs has found a new role. I'm very encouraged by him, but that injury to Averett's no joke with a broken thumb and he's out for four weeks at least. Um, put on the IR. I don't know what to expect from Roby Coleman. Uh, Rock Yassin, although he made a couple of plays, there were also a couple where it's like, damn, man, we traded you for Yannick Ngakwe. You need to make a play on that ball. Um, and also, uh, in, in terms of discouragement, Divine Diablo did not have himself a good game. Uh, in terms of pass coverage, take it, take it for what you will, uh, but PFF was not too kind uh, to our to our very own Divine Diablo, who is expected to take on a bigger role this season. And the Max Crosby thing, um, he just needs to finish. Like, those sack numbers are going to get there. I thought Justin Herbert did a fantastic job evading the pressure. and uh, and, and, and But stopping the run, making tackles, I thought Max Crosby actually was fantastic. It felt like every drive he had some sort of impact play. Um, so I'm feeling pretty okay about that, but I agree with you too on Chandler Jones. You need to see more from him. All you had was that play that he had in the backfield i think was it was it herbert or was it Eckler? Yeah. it was her pretty sure uh, pretty sure it was herbert yeah well, it was like well, a fourth well, and one sneak i want to say yeah yeah where he just completely whiffed on the tackle and then they ended up getting a first down um so you know i think that uh i i, I want to see a little bit more but you know what the cardinals they're a weaker team than the chargers so we'll see what happens week two i want to say max Presley made a play on fourth and one on uh herbert to mm. to stop them from fourth and one that Nate Real- Hobbs play, though, man, like, I don't know, Raiders wouldn't have, I don't think the Raiders would have had a chance uh, in this game if there's were a previous regime, because it feels like they would have given up that completion yeah. where they're one-on-one, it's a slant over the middle, and it's just, oh my God, the third, the third down, third and long, where they're supposed to 
where they're supposed to get the stop and they don't do it. Had a lot of those where they've ended up on sad Bart rides home. So, yeah, uh, you know, I think that they were lucky to have a chance even in the in, in the first place to come back. I'll end on this with the Raider talk. Whatever that play was with the reverse oh. to uh, Devontae Adams, yeah. and he was going to throw a pass to Derek Carr, <laughs> and Joey Bosa sacks Devontae Adams. Let's not do that again. We don't need Devontae Adams getting sacked. Like, that's... Ugh. I yeah I I texted you and our guy Evan quickly just being like let's not do that again you don't need Joey Bosa just just eating the shit out of fucking Devontae Adams there that that was that's bad what 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 happened did Derek Carr say oh you know what he called me something last year so I, you know I gotta go get him man come on oh yeah just, yeah just, just, just go block him let me block come him on, man dude. let me block him let's do a little reverse here that we've never done before I haven't really, you know what I'm saying come on man that, you know what I mean yeah that's that's like uh, Josh McDaniel was trying to do something with uh, Julian Edelman throwing a pass and we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that right there. No, that's okay. We don't need to do that. Good Lord. I need to stop. Nah, you like them. It's all right. It's all good. You're still Let fan. me move on, Steven. Let me move on to the other team that we cover on this podcast. The only team in the Bay Area now, but I guess we'll begin the Raider games in the Bay Area. So let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers and um, a dreadful loss, I would say. Yeah. A dreadful loss to the Chicago Bears, who I thought were going to be the worst team in football. And they very well could be still. But to lose to them 19-10, to 10, I think, is a very bad loss. It's not the end of the world, but for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, uh, and you know, I, I think that's kind of crazy to say also because if you're going to an experienced quarterback, it's kind of hard to have Super Bowl aspirations. You have, you have a Super Bowl caliber roster everywhere mm-hmm. else, but as far as the quarterback, that's a big question mark, and that was the case on Sunday. 19-10, to 10, um, the weather turnovers and penalties were the story of the game. I think that I kind of poo-pooed it going into the game, but the rain was a huge factor, huge yeah. factor. It prevented them from coming back in the game. It prevented them from them playing their style of football. Basically the injury to Elijah Mitchell, I thought really killed them. You know, I think they're going to be a running back by committee kind of offense, but at the same time they relied on that guy for that first game. And for him, not, you know, they said that they had a lot of depth at the running back position from Elijah Mitchell to Jeff Wilson Jr. to Ty Davis Price to Jordan Mason. But now you have a lot of question marks because once one guy goes down, you're like, well, damn, could they do the same things that the other guy does? Right. And Debo Samuel, you know, for a guy that doesn't want to play running back, he's going to be playing running back a hell of a lot now, filling in for the injured Elijah Mitchell. They're in the same position that they were in a year ago. As far as Trey Lance... I'm not going to kill him for his performance. He had really he had a really bad situation with the the field uh, elements. Mm-hmm. It's raining. It's pretty much a slip and slide out there. I don't think he played well. I would say he had two great throws. The one throw to Ray Ray, Ray McLeod and then the deep one to Ju- Juwan Jennings. Those were really good throws. Besides that, you got to make that throw to Tyler Croft. That was a bad throw. He just looked inaccurate. There's going to be times where he, you know, he's going to have growing pains, and this was a bad situation for him. His defense held him in that game for the first half, and then it flipped. Um, that Justin Fields touchdown pass to Dante Pettis, I'm not amazed by that at all. It was just some backyard bullshit, really. He goes to his left, and then the guy's wide open, telling yeah. telling Owen Hufunga is just messing up on the play. It's a breakdown in coverage, and that's how Dante Pettis scores that touchdown. Former Niners sticking it to his former team. And whatever the hell his celebration is, that looks terrible. Um, what, that? 
He's a little like, uh, uh, and then licking the paws. What the hell is that? Oh, wait, you're talking about Pettis? Yes. Um, he he was doing, uh, I believe the dance is called the, the Smeeze. I might be wrong on that. <sighs> Let's not give in, Stephen. We've already said Glizzy on the show. Yeah, yeah. All right. So be accurate. Probably wrong. <laughs> the Smeeze? The Smeeze. What is that, from Rick and Morty, Mr. Smeeze? Is it? I have no idea. That sounds like something out of that show. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't impressed with Justin Fields, to be honest. What was he, 8 of 17 for 117 yards? Dude, some of these throws that he was making weren't even throws. It felt like he was, like, shot-putting the football. It looked really weird. Um, you know, I, I don't understand the infatuation with him. I thought David Montgomery had a couple of really nice runs. And, you know, overall, like, where I'm at with this team is, uh, or with this game is I don't know how to evaluate the offense based on this game. Um, you know, Debo with the early fumble, which doesn't normally happen. He's not, he, he, he doesn't normally fumble the football that way. He's normally running through guys. And even with that physical style, um, he doesn't fumble the football all too much, but I go to the beginning of the second half. And I'm looking at the play calling when they get all the way down to the red zone. And it's a third and two. Trey Lance runs for a first down. So you're at the five. You're first and goal, and you're at the five. Then you run two straight runs with Jeff Wilson Jr., who hadn't shown anything since Elijah Mitchell had went down. So you run two straight runs with him, and then eventually Trey Lance is sacked when he shouldn't have been taking a sack. Like, I don't know. Kyle Shanahan, I think, needs to mix it up there because if you score a touchdown when you're at the five and you don't settle for a field goal, then, you know, the Bears have their backs against the wall. They got to score two touchdowns in order to actually tie in this game, um, which they ended up scoring two touchdowns and taking the lead, and the Niners weren't able to score after that. So I think offensively, I, I it, it did not feel like Kyle Shanahan was calling the game in the way that he wanted to probably because of the elements. Like he was probably playing it safe. You know, I thought Ayuk should have gotten more targets, but I don't think that he wanted to risk a turnover. You know, Trey Lance having to throw the football in that type of rain, especially in the second half when it's coming down. Um, so I don't know how to evaluate the offense uh, on, on the defensive side. I do think that they had some issues tackling at least when getting to the quarterback and closing in on Justin Fields. Like, I go back to that Washington game. That Washington game is the one that we can all compare to, right? 2019, 49 Washington, the infamous, yeah, exactly. The infamous Nick Bosa slide at the end after he had a sack. It felt like the Niners defense was dominating throughout that entire game, which they were case Keenum nine for 12 for 77 yards. He was sacked three times in that game. And Nick Bosa had four tackles for loss outside of that sack to open up the game. Also with Samson Ebukam too, after that, it didn't feel like the defense was as stout. And, you know, the secondary without Jimmy Ward didn't look all that great. Talanohu Funga, I think, is going to be uh, just a stud. He was making plays all over the field, except, for, of course, for that broken play to Dante Pettis, as you mentioned. So I'd say that I was a little more disappointed that the defense gave up 19 points in a game where they'd previously shut out Washington two years prior. And supposedly this is supposed to be a better defense than that one. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to compare those two games. Sure. Uh, I think that 
The Bears just benefited from the weather. They they were used to playing in those conditions, I guess. Um, let me just say that in the first half, they couldn't move the ball at all. Mm. And then they benefited from a fluky play in, Devon, in Dante Pettis. Yeah. They got a touchdown, um, but they benefited a lot from the second touchdown, the uh, Equinamius St. Brown touchdown. Ah. They, benef- they benefited from a lot of, and his, his brother, Amonra St. Brown. Um, they benefited from a lot of penalties. There was a lot of dumb penalties. Greenlaw with a personal foul uh, going low to Justin Fields when he was you know, sliding. Um, Nick Bosa had a penalty. Uh, they all just, you know, they were tackling hard, and they benefited from Justin Fields being the type of player he is. And when he ran, they kind of hit him a little too hard in the head and low, so they gave yeah. him some penalties for that. Yeah, that Al Shire one was just... Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that was it. Uh, I'll I'll show you here. Um, as far as the offensive line, a lot of people are giving uh, the 49ers offensive line a lot of shit. They gave up two sacks. I didn't think they played that bad. It was just they couldn't get their footing in the elements. They were slipping and sliding. It was hard for for Trey Lance to throw. It really was. You know, uh, Brandon Ayuk didn't have a lot of targets in the second half or any in the whole game. But the reality was there wasn't a lot of a, a lot of passing offense to speak of just because. They just weren't going to run really good routes in that in those conditions. Right. It was just hard for the offense to develop. Let me ask you this, Stephen. Yeah. When the Bears went up thirteen to ten, uh-huh. did you have confidence that Trey Lance was going to be able to get them back in the game? When they were down thirteen to ten, yeah, yes. uh, yeah, I did because I thought Trey Lance actually made some nice throws. Um, you know, you had that deep ball to Jawan Jennings, which a lot of people want to point to and say, like, that's what they're waiting for with Trey. But you get some other throws, like the one that he had to Ray Ray McLeod earlier, which was uh, through a couple of defenders right at the sideline. Like, I thought Trey actually made a couple of nice throws. But, you know, when you're looking at the weather, it's hard to say, oh, yeah, Trey Lance is ultimately going to bring them back. But I just didn't think the defense was going to allow another score. I think that was more my mindset instead of yeah. whether Trey Lance is going to bring them back into this game. I thought the defense was at least going to keep them in that game. It needed to be an ugly game. It needed to be an ugly win. They needed to win that game like 16 to 7. Uh-huh. It, given the other score to them, to the Bears, that was the killing point in my opinion. That type of game... In Trey Lance's first game on the road, he really can't throw. He can't run that effectively. The offense is stuck in the mud. It's torrential downpour. The whole field is flooded. It's a tough ask to have him go, then go down the field and tie the game up or take the lead. I just think that it was that was a tough situation for him. He needed to be in an easy win situation where they had the touchdown in the first half with Debo Samuel. Interesting call by Greg. And then they needed to be able to play defense and run the ball the rest of the way. The, to go and ask him, go win it for us now, is just a tough ask. And a lot of people are going to, you know, I think a lot of people are in agreement that Jimmy Garoppolo wouldn't have helped in this game either. It was just the elements. It was hard. He could have probably made a couple throws, but the rain was just too tough. Um, it's not like Jimmy. I mean, like Jimmy has been able to lead them in back in the past. They were down 14 against the Rams in that week 18 game last year. But this was tough. This was in the rain. This was against actually a pretty good Chicago Bears defense. Eddie Jackson, who hasn't made a play in a few years, 
Remember that one season with Khalil Mack where he had a ton of touchdowns, pick sixes, fumble returns? Yeah. He eyes Trey Lance all the way. So it was a tough ask of Trey Lance the first game. Mm. Now, let's hope that Trey Lance is able to develop. And it sounds like there's going to be a lot of rain in Santa Clara this Sunday. So it can't just be anything every week where and it won't be a thing every week. But Trey Lance has got to eventually learn how to play in the rain. But it, it was a tough ask for, of him. Once you're down 13-10, to 10, I know it's a three-point game. And Robbie Gold could easily make a field goal in the rain. But, you know, it's raining sideways. He can't throw the ball to, you know, Kyle Juszczyk on fourth and eight. That ball is going, like, crazily out of bounds. It's just a tough ask. You need a, you know, if you're going to have an inexperienced quarterback play these games, you're going to have to have the defense of the running game help him out a little bit. You think they should have gone for it on that fourth and one, second possession of the second half? <sighs> Game's tied 10-10. Or excuse me, it's ten seven. I apologize. Um, where are they? Uh, they are on the f- their own forty one. No, because you trusted your defense to make a play, and if you have one of the best defenses in the league, you should be able to uh, keep that score the same. Yeah, I agree with you. I like that's like if if it's you know if it's just on the other side of the fifty, and it's if it's in the opponent's territory, then I'm willing to listen to that. But just seeing, you know, oh, yeah, he should have gone for it on fourth down, on fourth and one. I don't think Kyle Shanahan really trusts himself on fourth down. <laughs> like, it doesn't well, feel – I'm not, not going to act like I have all the stats in front of me, but it doesn't feel like the conversions for him on fourth down are very successful. It feels like every time they get to fourth down, there's always some sort of confusion. Like, what are they going to do? And I think <laughs> that would have been the same thing with fourth down. Like, it could have gone either either way. Like, if – Imagine if they would have well, went last year. Down. They went for a fourth down with Charlie Ushek and didn't get it. Yeah. Like imagine going for it again. And then, you know, the backlash that would have struck down upon you. Well, you should have trusted in your defense to make a play, you know, that sort of thing. So it's like, it's like fans could get on them for that. But also if it was the opposite side, fans would get on them regardless. I personally just don't. I think he made the right call punting on that fourth. down. Yeah. Uh, I think Kyle Shanahan was limited in the offense that he could run. I don't think that he could have. We're going to see a different offense, I think, come week two. Yeah. If the elements are fine, I think they will be. That's you know, Levi as it rains, but it's not going to pour. Actually, it did last year against the the Colts. Uh, I remember that game on Sunday night. But I think they'll be fine. Um, they were just limited, and they didn't have Danny Gray up. Uh, a lot of rookies were not up on week one. Like we're going back to the Zamir White thing, Stephen. So TDP that was a weird one too. Yeah, Thought he was going to get some time. And we'll see about George Kittle. He did not practice today. So we'll see if that uh, groin injury is lingering. But did you think that they would have won that game with Jimmy Garoppolo? No. No, yeah. I'm not convinced. But that's just that's an impossible hypothetical. Well, no, of course. But let's be honest here. If Trey keeps losing games and Jimmy's around, having this gigantic Italian elephant in the room is not helping. <laughs> Maybe not. I I don't know. Like personally, I, I think Jimmy's just waiting to be traded. I don't even think he cares about the season anymore. He's going to help Trey out as much as he's got to care a little bit, worked. though, man. Why? Because he's the backup on the football team. So what? So you think that he has the mentality of like the dude from uh, Blue, Blue Mountain, Mountain State, State, where yep. he's just there for the hell of it, and he's just gonna just gonna bang all the girls in college. Bingo. Not Jimmy, obviously, the guy, the guy in the show. Bingo. I think that he is totally fine with being a backup quarterback and understands that no matter how Trey Lance plays, then 
I'm still going to be a backup here. I don't think they're going to make that switch. I just don't think they're going to do it. I don't think so either. But if they go 0-2 and then 0-3, I mean, let's be honest here. The Seahawks played yep. way better than everybody thought they were going to on Monday night. Uh-huh. If they beat the Niners, then you're facing the Denver Broncos. Going to mile high. 0-3 staring you down. Then you got to play the Rams. You go 0-4. These are all just massive hypotheticals, and I don't think this happens. But then you start to wonder, do we make a mistake here? And we do have the same guy from a year ago that dug us out of this hole. Right. So, but but the, my my counter to that is the ifs that you're talking about, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, if yeah. they go 0-4, then yes, I'll be willing to talk about that. But the Seahawks, man, they were waiting for that game. Like, that was, like, Seahawks at Broncos. You want to you wanna beat Russell Wilson with him coming to your hometown? Like, Geno Smith is on a mission. I love that about what happened with the with the with the Seahawks and them getting the win and everything. I love that, right? Um and I understand that the interior of the Seahawks, the interior of their defensive line is really where their strength is. Like Shelby Harris is an absolute beast in the interior of the offensive line going strength on weakness, right? Uh but Vegas still has the 49ers favored at nine and a half. Ooh, like nine and a half. Yes, that at least that was the starting uh that was the starting That's uh, probably good down a little one. bit. Yeah, probably. I'm sure there's been some money coming in on the uh, on the Seahawks there, but at the same time, it's just one week. Let me wait for the next couple here for the Seahawks and the Still Broncos. Nine. Still huh? nine. Still nine. Oh. Well, it was nine and a half when I looked. Nine and a half. Yeah, dropped down by a half. Half point. Half point makes a difference. But it yeah, does. Clearly, money's coming in on the Seahawks right now, and rightfully so. Like the Seahawks look good, um, but. Look, man, I think the 49ers, with the, the way that they play at home, I am pretty confident they're going to be going one and one after this Sunday, even though I said I was also confident that they'd blow out the Bears. But I didn't also know that it would be what was essentially a synchronized swimming match. Yeah. No, definitely. And then the uh, Bears celebrated like the Niners did three years ago by just you know doing the slip and slide of the rain. They deserve that win, but I don't think the Bears did anything spectacular. Um, was not impressed with Justin Fields at all. Their offense, ugh. I think they just benefited from penalties, uh, some bad turnovers, the, the Debo Samuel fumble, the Trey Lance interception, and to be honest, uh, bad quarterback play from Trey Lance. So I'm not killing him yet. He, he could go out and redeem himself next week. Yeah, yeah, I, the whole, I agree. The, the whole offense was stuck in the mud. It, it, it was a really tough game. If that game is played in a dome, it's no question the Niners win. All right, let me ask you this because I'm I'm sure we're going to talk about this with Russell Wilson and you know how he was uh, received by his former hometown yes. twelve uh, twelves the see uh, the Seahawks fans, but uh, Trey Lance, yeah, if he struggles in that next game against the Seahawks, you know, let's just say he throws that interception like he does does to Eddie Jackson and gives the Seahawks a chance to put this game away. That's. Do you think the boo birds are going to be coming out that early? Do you yeah. think that it, yeah. the boos are going to be there for Lance, or is it going to be more for Shanahan for making this decision and putting him in a tough spot? Well, who really knows what boos are directed towards? But that's true. I would say that the 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 faithful will become restless. Yes. Um. To go from winning or to go well, yeah to go from winning the NFC to then having your quarterback 
be injured, and then you go through Nick Mullins and uh, C.J. Beathard. Was it C.J. Beathard? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then you make this move. You make this move because you got to compete with the Rams and getting Matthew Stafford. So you go get Trey Lance. And if this guy is not doing what, you know, the expectations are going to be unreasonable. It's, it's unreasonable because you have him and then you have the guy that did the job the last three years, four years, whatever it was. He, it's, it, I understand everybody's like, well, the best man should play and Steve yeah. Young and Joe Montana. This is a different thing, man. The franchise put all their eggs in their basket with this guy. And if this guy fails, then this will be the end of Kyle Shanahan. Like that, th- this is this is the decision going forward. It's not well. Maybe we'll go back to Jimmy Garoppolo. If you if you if you have to do that, that's a bad look. It is a really bad look if you have to do that. Mm-hmm. It some coaches don't care about that. Like you have the Brian Flores thing a couple years ago when he went back and forth between Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I didn't think that was a big deal, but at the end of the day, they're moving forward with Tua. I don't think this is good for Trey's development to sit on the bench for a full year, then start to play, and then say this guy sucks. Let's get Jimmy in there. So this guy has massive, massive amounts of pressure on him. And I feel really bad for him because anybody that would move forward with a job and to have, you know, the guy that did it before you stick around and be your understudy is just a weird, weird, weird situation. So, yes, I do believe that if he starts to struggle, that the team, uh, well, not the team, but the fans themselves will become restless Mm -hmm. because you have expectations. This is hyped up. You know, he's the third overall pick. He's being compared to Patrick Mahomes. People are stupid, and they expect these things right away. So I would say, I would tell everybody, chill out. It may not go your way this year. That's why I said eight and nine. But let's see what happens. He could have a fantastic game come Sunday. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with everything that you just said. Like, it is, it's very unfair, but I, I do think he's better than what's nationally been talked about. Like, of course there were some struggles there and that one with Eddie Jackson, it's not just that he was, it's not just that he was eyeballing the receiver the entire time, but it's like he hitched on the throw. Like that's also a thing. It's like a mechanical thing. I heard Dan Orlovsky talking about it on NFL live where he's like, it's just that little split second, the little split second where he doesn't release the ball right there. And Eddie Jackson's able to make a play on the ball. So you have that combination of things, but also, if he's anything like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, if he's anything like them, maybe not talent-wise, maybe not athleticism, whatever, but he's got to at least be able to learn from his mistakes because that's what those two guys, maybe not Mahomes. Mahomes didn't really make too many mistakes coming into the NFL. Mahomes kind of just you know, came into the league and took the league by storm. Uh, but Josh Allen was the guy who learned from a lot of his mistakes, and you saw how it played out on Thursday Night Football. So um, I, I, there's, a lot go- there's a lot riding on it for sure, but... It's a big test, man, for him to live up to it. Have you seen that commercial with Morgan Freeman narrating for the Tom Brady Under Armour commercial? No. It's actually pretty good. Hmm. So it focuses on this young kid in high school, and Morgan Freeman does this narration of Tom Brady writing a letter to this kid, and he goes, a lot of people are telling me that you're the next Tom Brady. Oh, boy. My advice to you is you're the next you. What I would say to everybody who's comparing Trey Lance to Josh Allen to Patrick Mahomes, let Trey Lance be Trey Lance. We'll see how he's going to be. Very professionally done. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, he uses an analogy. It actually (laughs) makes sense. Well done. I try. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Uh, By the way, speaking of Dan Orlovsky, did you Ah. see Richard Sherman go after him? Yeah. 
for the Matthew Stafford thing, Richard yep. Sherman's going to turn to Tray- Draymond Green, and b- by not, I mean Draymond Green's still playing, but Richard Sherman's coming out with the new media stuff of you old guys, Brian Baldinger, Dan Orlovsky. You don't know what you're talking about. Matthew Stafford sucks. <laughs> like, good yeah. lord, man. Yeah, he doesn't seem to like Matt Stafford too much. Doesn't seem to like the Rams too much. Well, that's weird because his buddy Bobby Wagner's on the team, but okay. I don't know. I mean, he didn't he hate he hates the Seahawks now. It's like didn't he get Bobby Wagner on those teams? Sherman doesn't hate the Seahawks. He was there, supported everybody on Monday. Ah, uh, well, and you know I'm wrong about that. Then, <laughs> by the way, uh, Mike Martz, you see his comments on Trey Lance? Yeah, brutal. Yeah, good lord, man, take it down yeah. a notch. Kind of contradicting himself, but it's all good. He's just a yeah, like his portrayal in the um, the movie um, American Underdog is that of a crusty old bastard, and he's living up to it. Good yeah. lord! <laughs> what? So he's not like Jerry West though, and goes complaining to the uh, actual production <laughs> or production company and says like, "Hey, you guys portrayed me wrong." No. I think mm-hmm. I think Mike Martz is owning it because like yeah he's just like yeah Trey Lance sucks Justin Fields sucks they shouldn't be playing I should yeah. still be coaching <laughs> yeah well I mean look man everyone has their opinion every you just have your opinion, to man. you have to on Trey Lance you 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 really have to no one wants to straddle the fence you got to be on one side or the other you can't just sit there and say you know what you got to be patient this is this is 2022 you got to pick a side I guess. Speaking of which, in 2022, I guess we're not allowed to boo as fans anymore, huh? Mm. So I'm watching that game, Seahawks and Broncos, and I was expecting them to boot Russell Wilson. Anyone that was surprised by that, what are you talking about? Russell Wilson has done amazing things for for the Seattle community, and he was a great Seahawk, obviously the greatest Seahawk in probably their history. But... He did weasel his way out. Like, he did go to his baseball agent and say, I want to get out of here. Write a list of teams that I want to play for. Raiders, Bears, whatever it was. Saints. And then he, like, has these cryptic uh, interviews with Dan Patrick and acts like, you know, "Eh, everything's fine with me and Pete Carroll. He weaseled his way out. And they are entitled to feel that way. The fans are entitled to feel, well, you don't want to be part of our team anymore. Then goodbye. Are they supposed to embrace him? Like, like, there'll be a moment in the sun where Russell Wilson comes back and they retire his jersey and they'll celebrate him. But for right now, the here and now, they booed him. And I who remember, are, Brett, go ahead. who are you talking to right now? Like, were there people that were upset? Yes, dude. The main mainstream media, hmm. the overall consensus, I believe, is that everyone is upset and think that the Seahawks fans are classless for booing Russell Wilson. R- Brett Favre was booed when he came back to Lambeau. Because of the way he handled that situation. Now, if you want to go back and look at history, the Packers told him to stay home. They don't want him anymore. So, I don't know. I think that players are entitled to leave their teams and go play somewhere else. They're entitled to do that. At the same time, fans are allowed to boo. Let fans be fans. As long as they are not saying anything terrible or throwing shit on the field, fans pay good money to boo. Let them boo. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. The way that he handled it all of last year, like that freaking Super Bowl between the uh, that, that Super Bowl between the Buccaneers and the Chiefs. Were you like, sitting in the booth with Roger Goodell? When he's sitting there and the Athletic wrote a whole article about it the next day, like doing some investigative journalism. It was actually really well done. 
And then everyone's saying, well, nothing's wrong. Wilson and the Seahawks have squashed their beef. Everything's cool. We'll go into 2021. There's not going to be any sort of problem. Well, there's still the same old problems. And I don't know. Like, I'm not going to act like I watched every single Seahawks game last year, but I'm sure there was a sense of Russell Wilson just being done with the team. You know, like the reason that Raider fans have Derek Carr's back is because he says things, makes statements like, I want to retire a Raider. Now, I think that's a little strong, and it's just like, all right, man, well, I mean, how, how, how much staying power do you really have? This was like before he had the contract extension, so it's like, all right, hold on, Derek. Like, you know, you want to you want to keep your football career here. There's, not, there's a chance that you might not be with the Raiders, but nevertheless, he showed his loyalty to that team. Like Russell Wilson, after everything that he'd been through with the Seahawks fans, I don't know if he showed that kind of loyalty that the Hawks fans wanted. So I totally understand that. I totally understand. And he's in there with another team. It's like, yeah. it's football. Like this isn't, this isn't baseball where it's like Madison Bumgarner comes off and you, you got to applaud him every single time that he walks off the mound and every start that he makes at Oracle park from here on out. It's not like that. This is, this is football. Like just as quick as news travels fast. It's like old news. You, you just look, I don't care. You're facing my team. I'm going to boo you. Like yeah. I appreciate everything you've done. I'm, I'm going to boo you. It's fair. I mean, booyah, booyah. Uh, R.I.P. Stuart Scott. Uh, Tom Brady came back to play the Patriots last year, and they embraced him because it was twenty years of service, and he got six Super Bowls for him. Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning came back with the Broncos to play the Colts. Peyton Manning has a statue in front of Lucas Oil Stadium. I understand that Russell Wilson is the face of the Seahawks franchise for numerous years. But also, the way he left was kind of weaselly. But Russell Wilson—that's the thing about it—is he has put on this whole corny, corny this whole persona facade that he can do no wrong because he is Mister Unlimited, and he's like, oh, you know, God. good team guy, always saying "Go Hawks" after every that's right. interview. Oh God, that every now that's way too overblown too. Yeah. The Broncos country, let's ride thing. Everyone's repeating that too much. I watch an NFL network all day on Monday, and it, I literally just have it on. Just have it on in the background, and every single time they were going to preview the Seahawks and the Broncos, when the Broncos were talked about, let's ride. One week, and I'm already over it. Already yeah, well, over it. And I know NFL network likes to do a lot of trendy uh, stuff sometimes. Anyway, yeah. um, as far well, let me say this too. The Seahawks brought back most of their 2013 Super Bowl team for that game. Mm. Uh, Richard Sherman was there. Marshawn Lynch was there. K.J. Wright was there. Cliff Averill was there. Cam Chancellor was there. I did not see, and I could be wrong. If someone wants to point it out, I I would gladly say I'm wrong in this situation. I didn't see Pete Carroll or any of those former Seahawks go up to Russell Wilson before the game and say, what's up, man? I think there is something up with the Seahawks and how they think of him. They obviously were riding and die with him for years as their quarterback, but they must think this guy is corny as hell because I saw all the tweets after the game too. Doug Baldwin rolling his eyes after the Seahawks won. It was in support of the Seahawks. Richard Sherman then going on his podcast and saying, if Russell Wilson loses this game, whoo boy, they must think a certain way about him. Do you agree? Oh, wasn't there already something that came out about that with him and like the Legion of Boom and that they didn't really see eye to eye together? 
Yeah, I don't really. I mean, I I know there were some reports about that, but I never. There's nothing ever definitive. Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl MVP, Malcolm Smith. Um, yeah, Malcolm Smith when he joined the Raiders, when he joined the Raiders after that season. I remember there was a quote uh, when he was asked about Derek Carr compared oh, to yeah, Russell yeah, Wilson yeah. as a person, and he just straight up said, "Carr's cooler." <laughs> like that was it. He's like, "Yeah, Derek Carr's a little cooler." Like, well, like, yeah, like it's Derek he, Carr. Derek, Derek Carr is not that cool. But he doesn't exude cool. No, you know what but, I'm saying. But he's not. He's not doing a weird TikTok video where he's like, "You know what I like? I like football, and I like faith, Family. and I like flying." Uh huh. <laughs> what the hell's all that shit? <laughs> what was the flying? I thought he was going to say family. Yeah, I. He likes to fly. I guess I don't know. I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> the hell. Does he like flying by the seat of his pants in the fourth quarter and letting his head coach just call uh, whatever he wants and put the game in McManus's foot? Okay, let's get to that real quick. So yeah. the irony is that they had two fourth and goal situations on the one-yard line, and <laughs> once again, Russell Wilson can't punch it in against the Seahawks. And then that last drive. What in the yeah. goddamn hell was that, Nathaniel Hackett? Good Lord. Just because you don't have any hair, man, you could have some brain. Good Lord. What the hell was that? It's one of the worst decisions I've ever seen in my life. Fourth and five, and you're not going to go for it. And then you're going to, like, I paid a Manning. I, I felt your pain, dude. Watch the Manning cast. Come on. Call timeout. Call timeout. You let 30 seconds tick, and then you don't go for it. And then you attempt a 64 yard field goal that's only been done a couple times in NFL history. Are you out of your fucking mind? Good Lord. You think that was premeditated by both Wilson and Hackett, like with the two minute warning left? I'm, you know, I'm, I think it was, but I think it was also just them pooping their pants. It, they, I mean, they've spoke to the media. I'm sure they've they've explained ad nauseum like what the hell they were doing with this fourth down play. I know Hackett kind of walked it back. Yeah, um, he did. He totally walked it back. But like, I wonder if it was done at that two minute warning when they got the third down, and you know, it's just like, all right, if we get to the point where we're within field goal range. What do you want to do here? And maybe McManus, and this is something that Benjamin Albright, who covers the NFL, uh, what he was bringing up, and excuse me. Yep. The hell are you watching? That was Shannon Sharp saying, hit the tight end um, (laughs) on the Manning cast. Kick what? (laughs) You're going to kick it? But, I mean, McManus must have said something where he's like, you know what? I can hit this 64 yards. Give me 64 yards. I'll go out there 65 or less. I'm good. Yeah. And you know what? Sebastian Janikowski said the same thing to Lane Kiffin. Mm. Sometimes you just need to be a coach. So I like, cause I mean, if Russell Wilson wanted to have the ball in his hands and knew that he was going to have the ball in his hands, he would have called a timeout. He would have called a timeout, but clearly they went through this with the two minute warning. So it's not just Hackett. It's on both. It's, it's everywhere. It's special teams. It's the quarterback. It's Hackett. It's everyone. It's everyone. And then it's on the Broncos defense for making Geno Smith look like Joe Montana. Okay. Were you, I thought Geno Smith was solid, but I wasn't blown away by him. <laughs> I, I thought, I thought he had a great game and it may be that's, you know, maybe the Seahawks have a system quarterback and anybody that plays at their you know position. I'm not saying that about Russell Wilson. He's actually going to be a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Let's see what he does with the Broncos though, where he's Mr. Unlimited and he has unlimited access to his all offense and he could cook. Yeah. He didn't look like he could cook with that offense. It was a lot of the same plays of just play action fake, bootleg to the left, bootleg to the right. That one touchdown to Jerry Judy was lucky as hell just because Jerry Judy didn't didn't get blown up and was able to survive the tackle and made that 67-yard touchdown. I am comfortable in saying 
I think the Broncos are probably going to be the worst team in the AFC West. It's not just based on that first game, but it did kind of support everything I thought where they're going to struggle sometimes because they have an inexperienced head coach and they're letting Russ cook and Russell Wilson's a great quarterback, but let's see how he does without any limitations when Pete Carroll tells him, no, you can't do that. Right. Uh, well, you know what though? I, this is kind of the way that I'm looking at uh, sort of that Raiders and Chargers situation where I'm saying the Raiders are lucky. They were even Jeez, The Raiders are even lucky to be in that spot where they could have come back from the game. But I'm going to open this up again because that's what I just had open. I had the Broncos and Seahawks, and I had each drive up from that game. Um, penalties. Again, 12 penalties in total for the Broncos. Opening drive of the game where they kick a field goal. Well, there was a penalty on the second and 10 that had him go back at second and 15, forced Melvin Gordon to run. They ended up kicking a field goal. It's seven to three. The following drive, two penalties. Both of them on Garrett Bowles, one on false start and one for illegal formation. Then they scored the touchdown to tie it 10-10. Then you got the field goal where, by my count, there was not a single penalty. Okay, well, that's fine. You, you, can, you can work with that. All right, that's in the first half. Then in the second half, you had the penalties on top of the fumble in the opening possession when it's still 17 to 13. And then you have the fumble again at the goal line. And oh, wait, there was a penalty there on the third and three, even though you could make the case that, you know, it was uh, it, actually that penalty was on the Seahawks. So never, never mind about that. Then on the field goal, when it is 17 13, oh, what do you know? Second and goal, there's a penalty on Cortland Sutton. Like, Penalties, penalties, penalties. When you're getting out penalized 12 to 5, that team who has the 5 is most likely going to win that game. Yeah. No, I agree, man. And, um, yeah, we'll see how the Broncos respond. They're playing a good Texans team that, uh, well, I should say the Texans had a good performance. I don't know if they're a good team. But, um, yeah, interesting. A lot of wackiness on week one. A lot of teams that we thought were going to be bad losing their first games to, I would say, inferior teams. Just to go through some of the things that went well, down. I was going to ask you, Derek. Go for maybe, it. Before you, before you do that, I mean, yes. well, maybe you can. this can just play into it. But sure, what whatever. You, what would you consider the worst loss of the week one? <sighs> is it, even though they weren't favored, is it the Falcons giving up that lead to the Saints? Is it the Bengals? somehow letting the Steelers into that game. Was it the fact that the Patriots lost 20 to seven to the dolphins? No. Mm. Was it? Eh, I'm not going to go there. Uh, Was it the tie even with Colts and Texans? I'll put tie in there because the Colts tied (sighs) with the Texans, the Colts who you and I were very high on. And I was so excited for that Jaguars game. I thought I picked an upset. I picked the one, the one upset that I picked. I had the Jags winning that game outright. And they didn't end up pulling it off. I thought they were going to. But which to you was the worst loss? Is it the Packers losing to the NFC North foe? Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins 23 to 7. No. Honestly. Be honest. I don't I, I don't want you to talk about it. I would there. say the Niners. I would say the Niners losing wow. to the Bears. Just wow. I understand the elements and the rain. But they were just an inferior team. I, I can't say the same for the Seahawks. I can't beating the Broncos. I can't say like the, there's a lot of good division matchups. The Falcons almost losing to the Saints. Saints are a better team. Saints, Saints are a better team. 
Right. And they just they, they, they let one slip away. And that's a bad loss for the Falcons, but I think the Saints are better. I would say that I was not impressed with the Bears whatsoever. On the defensive side, they were okay, but for the Niners to lose that game, I think that was the worst loss. All right. I can I can get behind that one. I can get yeah. behind that. Um and I guess yeah, I'm just talking about Sunday. Um, but man, it's gonna be <sighs> Ooh, for me, man, it's probably it's probably the Bengals losing to the Steelers and just how Joe Burrow did not look like Joe Burrow in that first half. And yeah, but don't the Steelers played a fantastic first half as far right. as defensively, like Minka Fitzpatrick, another pick six. Since he's yep. joined the Steelers, there's got to be a record for how many pick sixes he has. Then for him to block that extra point at the end, good Lord. TJ Watt, thank God it won't be a season-ending injury, but he picks off uh, Joe Burrow. The Steelers' defense, that's that's one thing I always wondered. Like, I thought the Steelers were going to be bad because of their quarterback situation, but they have a fantastic defense. They do. They do. And that Alex Highsmith, number 56. Three sacks. Um, that dude is that dude's a monster. Like he he he's a beast. I think he was a third rounder in 2019. Um, so yeah, third year, third rounder, Alex Highsmith. That's how I was remembering it. Uh, he looked really good. Who was number 56 before on the Steelers? Was that Woodley? Lamar Woodley was Steelers. Uh, what, what was Lamar Woodley's number? I think he was history. 56. Number 56 history. History. Number 56. Okay, here we go. <laughs> um oh pretty, damn pretty, pretty sure it was Lamar Woodley 56. 37 of these damn things. Hang on. <laughs> There's 37 of them. I didn't expect it. Uh okay. We got Highsmith. We got multiple pictures of Highsmith. All these pictures of Highsmith. What stop showing me pictures of Highsmith. You just want Steelers in history that were 56 in their history. Anthony N- Chiquio. Don't, don't remember him. Chiquio. I don't know who that is. Jordan somewhat Lamar Woodley. Yep. I yep. knew it. I knew it. Um sorry. Yeah, the Bengals losing to the Steelers. Uh, organizing <laughs> guests for our, our show today. Attaboy. Um but the Bengals losing to the Steelers to me is just gonna be the worst one. Just with the way that they lost it. You know, they had a chance in overtime, gave up that big uh that big uh reception to Friar Muth, <laughs> Mitch Trubisky throwing over the middle there in overtime. So I'm going to go with the Bengals. That had to be my worst loss. I, I was expecting big things from them this year. And maybe it's because Joe Burrow's my starting quarterback in like two of my leagues. Yeah. Uh, I would say that Joe Burrow didn't have a great game, but I'd say um, so too. I think the entirety of the NFL fan base would say so. Yes. But I, I, I think the Steelers are going to keep themselves a lot of football games with the defense they have. So I wouldn't say that was a bad loss by the Bengals. Now the way it ended, that was pretty dreadful and pretty, Ooh. um, but it was just fantastic finishes from everything from the Saints coming back down 26 to 10 with, I want to say, 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Jameis Winston having a fantastic fourth quarter, finding Michael Thomas. Screw you. That was a good draft pick um, in my fantasy I will, draft. I'll, I'll, I'll happily eat that one. Watching Michael Thomas when he's on is a, is a, is a joy. That 2019 season that he had. Just unbelievable. I love watching Michael Thomas play. So if him and Jameis can get on the same page, do it for two halves. Whoo. Yeah. Um, Kamara. And yeah, not, yeah, not, not, not doing a ton of Kamara. That's why I was a little hesitant to draft him in my uh, uh, fantasy league. Maybe he's uh, doing, 
a little things on his mind, uh, the assault charge in uh, Las Vegas. He used to catch passes out of the backfield, one of the best in the league. Now he doesn't do that. Yeah. Now James Winston um, wants to push the ball downfield. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I was thoroughly impressed with the Saints and the Falcons. They're going to struggle, and they let one slip away, especially the first week against a division of Poe uh, opponent. Um, the Texans and Colts. Again, that's one where the Texans are a little better. What are you laughing about? Uh, just you saying these better not end in a tie because those were like the only two games going for the rest of the uh, rest of the early morning slate, at least for the Pacific Standard Time. And you're like, this better not go to a tie. Then Lovey Smith plays for a tie. Well, I don't know what the hell Lovey Smith was doing, but uh, I think I think you got to play for the win there. And I understand like. Div- playoff stuff at the end of the season ties could be a factor but sorry you, you gotta play for the win can we, can we, sorry commercials are playing all over the place here on you're my fine you're fine you're fine computer. yeah you're fine um i was i was surprised by the colts on having more of a dominant dominant win but i was kind of hesitant because i think it's just weird playing a week one opponent in week one um hmm. texans are gonna be better than people think defensively. Davis Mills had a fantastic game, but yeah, Ricardo Blankenship uh, looking like McLovin off the team now. You got to make that kick, dude. You got to make that kick. Um, Yeah, the Steelers game was fun. It was just fun to watch football and not have to worry about cutting highlights. I enjoyed it. Um, The Giants and Tennessee game. How about Team Grit? Team Grit? Yeah, the Lions. Well, the Lions. For the most part, the Eagles dominated that game, and then the Lions came back. But I was impressed with the Eagles, and the Lions aren't going to back down from anybody. So in the end, that was a closer game than what the score indicated. But I was really impressed with the Eagles. A.J. Brown, I think it was the best debut for a uh, first-year wide receiver for the uh, Eagles uh, on, on coming to a new team. Yeah. Had a better debut than Terrell Owens yardage-wise with the Eagles. They're, they're going to score some points. Uh, Jalen Hurts didn't throw any touchdown passes, but put up 35 or yeah, 38 points to the Lions, 35. So, yeah, I was, I was impressed with both teams. I thought yeah. that the Eagles, you know, kind of let this little one slip, slip away, but I was impressed with both the Eagles and the Lions. Yeah, I think that uh, the conversation that we were having about which wide receiver drafted in the 2019 out of those ones that wanted an extension, which one would you take? Uh, I think A.J. Brown will be right up there. I know Debo is Debo, but. God, A.J. Brown is just yeah. so talented when he's healthy. Like, as a, and, as a pure wide receiver. Yeah, I don't know why the Titans wouldn't want to uh, sign that guy. And the Titans, they lose by one point. Their offense was stuck in the mud. They had some chances to pick up some third downs, some fourth downs. They had some weird tight end reverse. But in the end, they lose by one point to the Giants. Brandon, uh, Brian Dable looking like a good you know, offensive play caller, yelling at Daniel Jones at the sideline, getting, out, mm. getting the best out of him. Saquon Barkley looking really good. I was really impressed with the Giants. Yeah, I agree. Um, the fact that they even got that win, like that was – got who was it? It was the Browns' first opener opening day win in this millennium since yes. 1999. They haven't had a single opening day win, but it's been – it's had to have been a really long time for the Giants. They had an opening day win in 2004, I want to say. That's where Scott Hansen was incorrect. Mm, I didn't see? listen to that part. Yeah. What do you mean, see? Um, That's not where Scott Hansen thrives. He thrives in the wishing hour. Scott- I know. I know. I know. He, he's, he's, you know, not good with the facts. Anyway. Derek, let um, me remind you. Scotty's on fire. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the Browns rookie kicker, uh, what was his name? Cade York. Cade York. 
58-yard field goal to win the game, crushing Baker Mayfield's little hopes and dreams. Mm-hmm. Really impressed with the Browns. Um, and was impressed with the with the Panthers too. But I like the I like the Browns going forward. Now that they got that game out of the way, look at their schedule. It's gonna be it's gonna they might start four and oh. They 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 could be they could be something spicy here, those brownies. And Brownie the Elf getting a little uh, love in the center of the field. Oh my god. That's Can't wait for that come Sunday. Terrifying. Ravens dominate the Jets. No surprise there. I was very, very impressed with Lamar Jackson. I know sometimes I shit on him, but as far as the three touchdown passes he threw, very good passes. Yeah, Devin Duvernay, I think. Devin Duvernay from Texas, baby. By the way, Texas robbed a very good game. You watched that game? You watched that game against Alabama? I watched uh, parts of it. So so here's here's my watching of the Texas-Alabama game, Derek. So I turned it on. That's when Ewers went down. So really, like it's uh, like the drive after Ewers went down. That's when I started watching, and then I had to go up for a soccer game because big match between the Ladybugs and the Sprinkles. Uh, I think the Sprinkles unfortunately took it home. We were rooting for the Ladybugs, Derek, but uh, the Sprinkles took <laughs> it home there. Um, and uh, then I ended up going back and watching the end of that game. And my goodness, I was really hoping for like a Gus Johnson. You know, invested. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't end up happening. Yeah, yeah. It was it was unfortunate, but um, yeah, a terrible non-safety call in the end zone too. So, ah, um, right. yes, yeah. But anyway, moving on to the NFL, it was it was you know what, good on you, Longhorns. It was all right, all right, all right. Um, yeah, Mike Mc, you know, like that one with with, with McConaughey there, a little no, reference. Good. It was solid. Thanks. You don't mean that. Uh, Mike McDaniel and his big old balls, as Tyreek Hill put it after the game, uh, going forward on a fourth and seven with a little screen. Well, I should say slant, slant touchdown pass to Jalen Waddle. Overall, wasn't a highly octane offense that we expect from the Dolphins. It's week one. There'll be, you know, people in offenses will grow. But uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, making uh, Tua look good with a one-handed snag that almost got intercepted. Um, 20 to seven, the Patriots offense was dreadful to watch and let's see how they go with Matt Patricia as their offensive play caller. Good Lord. But dolphins looked pretty good. I expect them to score more points as the season goes on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't watch too much of that game to be a hundred percent honest with you. I want to go back and watch that. That's one of my NFL plus games that I gotta go back and watch. There you go. Um, cause the dolphins were going to be my NFL plus team. Uh, but I think that's the thing is just the Patriots getting seven points. Like the Patriots just don't score seven points. That doesn't happen no matter who's on now. offense. So it's going to be new, a new regime there in New England. Carson Wentz throws four touchdown passes to come back against the Jacksonville Jaguars and his former team, Doug Peterson. My guy Carson looked pretty good. Yeah, there you go. Finally. Looks good Finally. for you. Finally. Finally. <laughs> uh, the Vikings and Justin Jefferson crushed the Packers and uh, with Aaron Rodgers and uh, it was just a simple case of the offense finally looking to their full potential with um, Kevin O'Connell as the head coach of the Vikings knows Kirk Cousins Cousins from back in the day with Washington they expanded the offense a little bit Uh, Justin Jefferson's a just a fantastic wide receiver I think he had nine catches for 185 yards two touchdowns he's the real deal I think that offense is going to score a lot of points. That defense looked really good. So Darius Smith getting his revenge against the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers just looking frustrated. I knew this was going to happen. He has nobody to throw to. It'll get fine. 
uh, or it'll get rectified. They'll be fine. Kristen, Christian Watson dropping that clear touchdown on the first possession. That's just really bad and unfortunate, but he's a young player. I think we're going to see a lot of Aaron Rodgers having success this year and at the same time rolling his eyes and yelling at his young receivers. Yeah, I agree, um, except I, I, I think it'll pick up after week one. But um, continuing on with the Vikings, though, like Justin Jefferson has a real chance to to make waves. Like, you know, everyone's kind of getting at Matt LaFleur for not shadowing, uh, you know, Jair Alexander on him. Um, and LaFleur spoke to that. He said, like, hey, I should have probably, you know, I should have probably had Jair following him throughout the entire game. But Justin Jefferson is such a good receiver. Like, I don't buy 100% that that's all going to work. <laughs> like, he's such a good receiver that it's just Justin Jefferson is going to make plays. You know, with the amount that Kevin O'Connell was motioning him and getting him, you know, lined up against a cornerback that uh, was a favorable matchup for him, I don't even think it matters. I think, you know, if you put up a good wide receiver like Jefferson against a good cornerback, I think Jefferson is going to win more often than not in those situations. So um, that's going to be fascinating to keep an eye on. And he has goals this year, man. He has the goal to be the Cooper Cup type this year, triple crown. Squad goals. Um, Chiefs look like the Chiefs. Ugh. And I think it's the fact that you don't need to force passes to Tyreek Hill anymore. We'll see what happens when they need to go downfield. But if you look at it, Mahomes, I think longest pass of the game was 25 yards. It was just an easy game. Just dinking and dunking for five touchdown passes. Not saying anything that Mahomes wasn't good or anything. But it was just an easy game for him. The Cardinals didn't do anything on defense whatsoever. He just was playing pitch and catch all game long. Five touchdown passes, 44 points. The Chiefs look more like a, like a, just a concise offense now where they're not forcing shit to Tyree kill. They check down to Clyde Edwards, a for two touchdowns. He throw, he finds Travis Kelsey. I think it's going to be a very even keel offense going forward. It's going to be a lot easier though, or at least not easier, but it's, I think it's going to be a lot tougher on, uh, on, on Mahomes and the chiefs offense when, you know, you don't have a guy named Vance Joseph who's deciding to blitz on almost every play and trying to bring the house with bring Patrick Mahomes down when Patrick Mahomes, all he does is throw completions against the blitz. So if a team's just rushing four against them, like what's I think is going to happen with the Chargers here this week, this this upcoming game, mm. like I think it's going to be a different outcome. I think the Cardinals just went in there with the wrong game plan. They probably did. And Kyler Murray just looking like he played video games all week. And I'll also give I'll give Mahomes credit. He still looks like one of the best quarterbacks oh, yeah. in the NFL. I don't want to just say, oh yeah, it's all on the Cardinals defense. No, no, no. Yeah, they're 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 the real deal. And they played their starters in the preseason. There has to be something said to that. They look mm. like the only offense that looked like it was clicking. Mm. Um speaking of which, Cowboys, Bucks, whoo, what a bad Sunday night game. Nineteen to three. Brady played fine. They played enough, you know, 19 to three. Uh, that was enough to win the game. Dak Prescott looking dreadful out there. That whole Cowboys offense. Just a matter of time, I think, before Mike McCarthy gets fired and Sean Payton is brought in as a new head coach. But uh, the bigger story was Dak Prescott hurting his thumb and he'll be out. It looks like at least four weeks. So there you go. Yeah, and uh, they're not going to make a change by the looks of it. They're not even putting him on the IR, if, I, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, now, Jer- Jerry Jones may have overreacted after the game. <laughs> He's going to be out for several weeks. Yeah. No, I, How am uh, I going to survive? <laughs> but um, Cowboys did not look good. Michael Parsons looked good. but He looked fine, offense, but that offense, yeah. ugh. Yeah, just about as bad as it looked in a while. Um, without yep. Tyron Smith to it, left tackle, not good. Not good, my friend. 
Let's pick this Thursday night game. As you uh, said, um, we got a dandy. The first Thursday night game. This begins uh, Kirk Herbstreet's hellish year of having to go to do an NFL game on Thursday and then travel to college game day on Saturday and on that same day get on a jet and call the ABC game if he's not in the same place as college game day. So we got Kirk Herbstreet, Al Michaels for the debut of Thursday Night Football between the Chargers and Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by three and a half, and the over-under is 54 and a half. Steven, how do you see this one going? Uh, just give me the over. Just obligated to take the over regardless of what happens because of these two high-octane offenses. Um, but, yeah, the, the minus three and a half number, that's an interesting one uh, for the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna lay the points with the Chiefs on this one, um, especially if the Chargers are without Keenan Allen. That offense looked different without Keenan Allen there. Yeah, um, in the second half. So you know what? I'm gonna lay the points with the Chiefs there. I think they can win by more than a field goal. What about you, Derek? I hate to do the same thing, but I will. I think that that's gonna be the same case. Um, yeah, I see the. Three and a half, yeah, three, three. Yeah, they'll probably win by more than a touchdown, or at least a touchdown. Yeah, I'm gonna say Casey wins. I'm gonna lay the points. I'm gonna say the over. Yeah, and they're at home too. They're at home. And then things may be evening out in the old AFC West, or by the end of it, the Chiefs could be two and zero. So we'll see how things go. And uh, we, we won't we won't forget, Stephen. Come Sunday morning, you gotta eat some chicken wings or drink a beer with through a hot dog straw. I'm not gonna forget this. Can I do like the hottest sauce that I have on a chip? Or is that just no. not as effective? Dude, you could get Saturday, you could get some wings and then put them in your fridge and then heat them up and then eat them Sunday morning. Okay. All right. I'll do that for you. Yeah, you'll, you'll do it for me. And hopefully by Sunday, I'm over this stupid COVIDness. I'm feeling <laughs> fine. But uh, just waiting to test negative. We should that's be in a couple that's days. When, here. That's when it's the worst, man. Just I know. Try, and, try and stay sane. I know. I've just been just been chilling at the the old apartment, watching uh, old episodes of Whose Lines It Anyway. Fantastic show. I forgot how funny it is. Yikes! What do you mean, yikes? It's a great show. It is a great show, but you're not going to watch anything different. I just got in a weird wormhole and started watching Whose Lines It Anyway. All right, fair enough. Great show. Colin Mockery, hilarious. Ryan Styles too, and Wayne Brady. All right, everybody. That's your show this week. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday for just your pregame show, man. Uh, tell your friends, like, subscribe, all that shit. Steven, say what you always say. Sorry that Derek's so bad at promoting this podcast. And Ryan Stanley's was fan- Styles was fantastic in Hot Shots Part 2. That's just our opinion, man. Yeah.